We're giving away a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how you can win. Yep. Hello and welcome to Hey, I've got an idea. Yes. It is a it is an idea podcast. Yes. Starring me, Luke, less ashamed, Williams, and my brother. The band, yes. My brother, the band, yes, is also here. It was actually pretty difficult growing up with an entire band and trying to pull it off as one sibling. But I mean, also, you were overshadowed by our success as a band. I mean, that did sort of take center stage, if you will. Uh, (laughs) It's a pun. In our childhood. Yes. The touring. I mean, there were there was the groupies. And like, I'm I'm just I'm just a little boy. You had groupies. I did. Well, yeah, we did. All over. All over me. This hey, would be a we, good uh, place for me to make jokes based on the the oeuvre, the yeah. uh, the the track list, the discography of the band. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I I do not actually know off the top of my head any songs whatsoever. So this this particular goof was ill advised. But this speaks to that same oeuvre. We know now. How well the Yes body of work stuck. Apparently, not too well. Well, not with Yes itself. I mean, we uh, we don't know our own songs anymore. Na- name me. Addled by Collins. drug usage over here. We are all stoned out of our gourds for the entirety uh-huh. of our that's, existence. That's, I'm glad you prepped for for the show. But mm-hmm. um, name me a Phil Collins song. A Phil Collins song. Name me name me the title of a Phil Collins song. Uh, I'm Phil Collins, and I love it. I I don't know what to do with that. That was I was expecting you to say it all. Uh, Why all would right, you so not I, expect that? That's his most famous song. His name's right in it. That was uh, <laughs> much like much like Eminem's "Hi, My Name Is Phil Collins." <laughs> his breakaway hit. What was it again? Just, Hi, <laughs> my name is what? My name is who? My name is Chicka Chicka Phil Collins. <laughs> and then a two-minute drum solo. <sighs> okay, so this is an idea podcast, and we have uh, an idea. Or we're, go- we're going to have an idea. We don't have an idea yet. We have no idea yet. I want to be clear on this. We are still completely bereft of ideas at this time. We are still a bl- at a blank canvas right now, and we've got all this idea paint in our noggins. Yep. Just screaming to screaming just rip, rip those the lids off and just brain vomit that Jackson Pollock splatter. Will the paint continue over. to scream after it's on the canvas? Like, will we have a perpetually screaming painting? <laughs> like that sun and Rick and Morty? <laughs> 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 yes. Hmm. Just like you... you buy it at the gallery and you bring it home you didn't realize it was like that wasn't ambient noise at the gallery the painting actually screams in perpetuity and now you've got it hanging in your living room 
It's like, I think that's a little bit noisy for this space, actually. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really loud, really loud piece, but, um, you know, speaks volumes. Hey, uh... Not in, intelligibly, but it, it does, right. it has volume. Hey, Mason, brother... Yes. Br- brother Mason. Yes. What are we, what are we, what are we working on this week? This week... Uh, on hey i've got an idea we are going to be collaboratively together working on the next great canadian novel now is it the next great canadian novel well it's it's going to be a great canadian novel and it will be the next one when it is done and then okay i see what you're saying presumably like assuming that Canada and novels still exist, which certainly neither of those are guaranteed, uh, mm. but presumably it will not be the last. Yeah, but f- but for all intents and purposes, we got forty minutes to make the great ca- next great Canadian novel. Well, we got this. Um, right. Also, um, I want to clarify here: when I say great, I mean great in terms of quality. It will still be physically typical novel size. Damn, I was. That was the one thing I had going for for my. Uh, you my you had one joke prepared for the entirety of the podcast, and that was it. And I just preemptively shot you down. Yeah. Well, I guess right. I mean like there's a large print version. All right, I I can still contribute something here. Okay. Okay. Here's here's my my first idea. I'm gonna pitch a setting at you. Tell me tell me if this works for you. Okay. All right. Okay. We're in Texas. Texas, loving it, loving it. Yeah. I'm yes anding. Texas, very good. Okay. And then you you focus in on a barn. A barn, barn in a Texas. Nice Texas barn. Okay. It's got an American flag hanging from it. In walks our protagonist. Into the barn. Yeah. Joe. Joe, the protagonist. Now, Fon- now. Fontana. Joe, Joe, is this like Joe short for Joseph? This is a man. Joseph. Fontana. Joseph Fontana. And he says, I am an American. Well, that's not true. Why would he say that? All right. So Joe, that's what Joe is. That's what Joe is doing in Texas. All right. Okay. I, I've, ri- I've written our first, uh, I've penned our first line. Our, our first, first couple of, you can, okay. So like first sentence could be, you know, uh, it was a lovely sunny day in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, in this barn, you know, description. You know, this this flowery word stuff could come out after. You fill in the blanks. You know, I'm just talking about the coloring book version. You could add the color after, right? Well, I think what um, you're describing is a Mad Lib. Right. I've got the. I've got the next some great the... Mad Lib Canadian novel. Yes. Okay. So so far, what we've got: barn, Texas, American flag off the barn. Joe Fontana. Joe Fontana. Is that, is that a cheese? No, I believe Joe Fontana, Fontana. was a, uh, a uh, politician here in London, Ontario, which is what uh, confused me about why you had him in Texas claiming to be an American. When, ah. Like, that's an actual person. You Like, you realize that's an actual person, right? That's That's why that was somewhere in the back of my brain then. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So this is Joe Fontana. The cheese. Uh, that that is a cheese, yes. So this Joe cheese Fontina. man, Joe, Joe Fontina, he uh, he walks He's into this Texan barn and he says, yep. "I am an American." Yeah, 
and then a pitchfork falls out of the hayloft, strikes him right in the brain, and he dies instantly. Because this is about Canada. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck Texas. Joe Fontina walks into the bar and says, I am an American, and then promptly dies, and that's chapter one. What happens next? Yeah, now I'm... I've uh, I've contributed a few a few things there. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just gonna take the protagonist's uh, name for gonna, one. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a uh, take a breather. Okay, okay. For a second, I'm gonna let you pitch our pitch our next little. I'm bit. moving on to chapter two. Sure. Okay. Hit me. What what you got? Well, Joe Fontina, uh, pitchfork comically sticking out of the top of his head, uh, or at any rate, it would be comical if he weren't stone fucking dead right there in the barn. Uh, now we need to go through like the hero monomyth here, which is difficult mm-hmm. when your protagonist is deceased. So, uh, I think we need the, uh, the call to action. We need the sage figure to give him, uh, uh, you know, the impetus to, uh, right. to, to initiate the actual action, the actual plot of some sort. So we need a sage a sage figure of some sort, um, like a like a Yoda type. Okay. Um, I've actually I can I think I can help with this part. Okay. Uh, just for the say the sage figure part. Um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but I mean, he really got himself into a bit of a a mode with that whole. Uh, dude character he did. Um, Can't argue with that. So I feel like people wouldn't take his advice super seriously. It's kind of like if you were like, oh, let's, we got, we got a great idea for, for our, our, uh, uh, our, our monk on the top of the mountain who is just going to like spew nothing but wisdom out of his mouth. Let's cast Jim Carrey. It's like, it's, it's just not, well, wisdom is found like, in the most unlikely places, right? Very okay. often, that's part of the lesson. Like, like Yoda, when you first are introduced to him, you're like, "Oh, what's this little funny goblin? Uh, he's yeah, mischievous. Yeah, he he's the he opposite of what we need." And he's then, funny. like surprise, he's actually the guy. Uh, so you need uh, you need, I think, to have that unexpected wisdom so we need like somebody who you would not expect to be our sage figure and have secret hidden depths that are revealed to joe fontina our dead protagonist um well hold on so is this like a yu yu haku show moment where i don't know what that is you okay so yu yu haku show is an uh anime from the 90s okay um and and what's the anime uh, it doesn't 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 matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, point point is is it's a it's a thing. It's story. It has a story to it. Okay. Okay. Um, so like a novel, f- kind of like that, except it's uh in its own form. Okay. Uh, its own special form. Point being, the first thing that happens is this guy dies, and then well, they're biting our like, style. Oh, we gotta. You know, I can't believe I'm dead. I gotta do fight for my soul in the spirit world because I'm in between heaven and hell and there's this cute fun. Well, I don't want to get any paranormal shit in here. 
This is strictly okay. So that's that's not where you want to go with this because no. already we've we've taken a character and killed him, and he was he was our protagonist. So, well, I mean, I don't th- I don't believe in fairy tales, man. I don't think. Okay, no, 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 be... no, no, no. Hold up, hold up, because this is this is the challenge now. Hmm. I gave you protagonist. You kill him right away. He's still got to be the protagonist after death. <laughs> Well, I figure... So you go ahead and try and make that not supernatural. I don't know how you can pull that off. Well, okay. Now, I'm I'm figuring, like, we're going to baby's day out this shit where, like, he, his limp body uh, accomplishes heroic feats through uh, all manner of coincidence. Like, basically, this is going to be, like, Weekend at Bernie's if Bernie wasn't, like, a, a, a hero who saved the day somehow, despite being a limp corpse. Okay, so the sage character. The sage character, here to impart wisdom to this dead body. Here, He's going to come in, and he's going to help this corpse <laughs> be a hero somehow. Um, I've got I've got a character for you, or a person for you, for this uh, for the sage character. Okay, he's got to be someone I wouldn't expect. All right, John Goodman. John Goodman. Okay. 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 Now, so the actual the actor John Goodman walks yes. into this bar in yes. Texas. This is not the movie version, and it's cast with John Goodman in it, and that's the character. No, this is literally John Goodman. Okay. Being literally put into this literature. He is a good man. Yeah, he's all right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, dead. American, named named Joe Fontina. Joe Fontina. John Goodman comes in, mm-hmm. and action. What do you got? Okay, right, so, you, so right, you're, the, you're, the you've got all the writing experience here. The pitchfork is shrouded in darkness, so John Goodman at first does not see that Joe Fontina is dead. He just sees him sort of slumped over a hay bale. Yeah, and he says, "Well, hey there, partner." I didn't see you there. You know, sometimes in this life, things aren't what you expect. Mm-hmm. Just like I didn't see you there, maybe there's some opportunity that you haven't seen yourself. Oh hell, I'm I'm going off on a tangent. I'm here to get me some hey, oh, here's some. And he picks up a hay bale and he says, you take your easy, pal. And as he turns around, bumps Joe Fontina's lifeless body, now imbued with his wisdom, uh, his Goodman wisdom, bumps him onto a conveyor belt. And away he goes (laughs) off on his journey. Okay, okay, hold on. on. That's the call to action. Okay, so... (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Okay, so that is what he he's contributed. He's not going to notice that he did that. He's just now out of the novel? Or? No, well, we'll see him again later. We're going to bring it back around. Bring it All back right, now around. Here, That's the key to a good novel is you got to bring it back. you got to have cycles. Here, here's my idea. Okay. From that point. Okay. All right. So he's somewhere in a Barnes conveyor belt. Uh, I mean, I guess it's like part of the Baylor or something. Well, I mean, like you, you know, barns they'll have like the thing where like you put the hay and it goes up. Okay, so, um, 
maybe that is a thing that happens, but mm-hmm. uh, so I gave you a big mislead off the top, right? I hey, wait, uh, what? I got. I got. I got to admit, I I pulled you in a silly direction. Oh shit! Because you see, you said get next great Canadian novel, and instead, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Texas, not there. So isn't that like somewhere in Manitoba? Mm-mm. Texas, Manitoba. I, it's a subcategory. It's a region. Actually, actually, hold on a second. <laughs> Is there a Texas, Manitoba? You're looking it up right now. <laughs> well, there's plenty of like Canadian Texas things, like people that are from both or something. Okay. Uh, Canadian Texas football, Canadian Canadian Texas hotels. Now I want Texas in Canada? Question mark. Please Google. <laughs> Texas in Canada? Question mark. And Google's just like you're not allowed to use this website. <laughs> Google just shakes its head. <laughs> like I need you to put the mouse and keyboard away. <laughs> uh you know what this is really not taking me anywhere i want to be so let's uh here here's just, where just i'm going with that though gross porn, huh? i said i said uh i said texas i guess i meant the one that was in that state place so that's not a canadia but, how are we gonna get how are we gonna get there well this uh this novel is taking place in the not too distant future, where Canada has annexed Texas, it shouldn't be that. Uh, now, hang on a second. When you like, when one typically talks about the great next great Canadian or next great American novel or whatever, you're actually talking about. Are you talking about the setting for that novel, or are you talking about the authors? Well, typically, you're talking about the authors, and the only reason I said Canadian novel is because we are currently Canadian. Um, That is true. But I do think what we can do, like this, if we reveal that this is in the not-too-distant, very plausible future, where Canada has annexed the the great state of Tejas, uh, Mm. then Joe Fontina's statement earlier in the novel is revealed retroactively to have been a, uh, in fact, not a self-evident... Uh, statement, but rather a bold proclamation of resistance to the Canadian overlords. He's like, well, no, I'm still an American, gosh darn it. The Canadians think they've taken over Texas, but I'm still a Canadian. And so therefore, perhaps, like, that's the reason why, like, we thought that pitchfork was an accident. But a loyal Canadian overheard him and they were like, he's gotta go. Oops. Now, no, so you've now like put that in a Canadian's hands, essentially. Um, a Canadian I... murdered our protagonist, and yet he is still the protagonist, even now chugging his way up the conveyor belt as prompted by John Goodman, uh, all right, all right, so that his so... body will wreak its terrible revenge on the Canadian invader in the upper story there. Okay, so let's let's just like imagine this corpse is going along a real a real conveyor belt right now, real time. We got. We got a, uh, a a five minute conveyor belt. We got to figure out where that's gonna go. But first, I want to set something else up. Okay, uh-huh. so you're talking about a Canadian accidentally offing this uh, pr- would be proud American Joe Fontana, as we but Canadians do. Yeah, you're also talking about this future world, 
like not too where... distant future. Like I said, I don't want to get too wacky on this. This is all plausible shit. Oh, this is okay. like maybe what we are going to do tomorrow. Idea. Yeah. This that might stunt my idea where I was thinking that maybe like this it was like Big Brother had the ability to like move an object with you know whatever magnetic fields or something but well I do um, but but like do you think do you want to take it that way or do you want to do you want to go with the we have another character that okay so okay hang on, hang on. that killer Canadian guy uh-huh. I didn't say it, like, I didn't say it was a dude killer Canadian person I meant uh-huh. um is it the like third act reveal? I think that we can, uh, uh, we, can that we can have it in the second act. All right. Also, okay. uh, this is neither a stage play nor a film, mm-hmm. so uh, typically would what have chapters. Acts? I I yeah I mean yes chapters but we. Unless you already know how many chapters there are, I refer to first, second, and third act for for the overall for, for like structural purposes. For structure purposes, you're assuming yeah. we have a three act structure in this novel. It is, I mean, novels do are good at being not that. I will grant you that. Yeah. However, uh, for simplicity, I was presuming something like that. Sure. Okay. All okay, right. So that. That might be the big reveal is who this Canadian person is. Um, you have any know. ideas? Uh, what was that? Well, you said they could control metal, so I'm assuming you're talking about Magneto. Was he? I mean, Wolverine's Canadian. So this is like Rogue takes powers from people, but Leech like saps their powers. Presumably there must therefore be a mutant who can transfer powers from one character to another. So Wolverine and Magneto got together and this mutant transferred the power Wolverine has of being Canadian into Magneto. And then Magneto was like, fuck this. I'm going to go annex Texas. And then he's hanging out in the hayloft of this barn. He overhears Joe Fontina says, I'm an American. And he's like, I thought we fixed that. And he drops a pitchfork right on his dome. Hmm. Okay. Now, I got a a couple of concerns. Okay. Uh, One, Magneto. Uh Uh-huh. Marvel-ish. Marvel-esque. What's all this now? Pretty specifically a Marvel property. Uh, so well, how, how do you mean? He's a person. He can't be. He's not property. He's not a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Um. About that. Uh. I think maybe you're thinking of Ian McKellen. <laughs> okay. So so our novel already contains the actual John Goodman. So now we're bringing in the actual Ian McKellen. <laughs> this who, is even better. This is even better. Who He's... is a Canadian? <laughs> Uh, because he absorbed Hugh Jackman's Canadianness that he has, right. uh, and also he has the ability to manipulate metal with his mind, and he from Canada annexed Texas. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> and presumably all the states between ca- the Canadian border and Texas. So, Ian whatever McKellen, states those are. I admit my knowledge of geography is somewhat lacking. Montana. The re- uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. John Goodman, the real John Goodman. Yes, he's he he's in there. 
Well, I mean, he Magne- needed to socialize medicine. You were talking about Magneto. Right. But... Who is Ian McKellen. But he is Ian McKellen. Well, I, this... this is a world in which Ian McKellen uh, is Magneto. Right. And absorbed Wolverine's Canadianness. Right. Uh, but uh, I got another problem for you. Okay. Uh, the the real Canadianness of Hugh Jackman. Which he has, yes. Uh, but the real Hugh Jackman is Australian? Well, Australia is also annexed by Canada. So, wow. But, yeah, no, we, 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 we've been busy. Uh, we, we really pick it up, huh? Yeah, no, we're, I mean, well, I mean, it's because we've got the nukes, right? Ah, uh, people don't know about that. But we really do. We've got so many. <laughs> you don't you don't see that coming. I have a silo under my house. I really hope we never use that one because my house would fall into the silo as just, the just, missile launches. Just that one. It's really like not in a convenient place I at all. I don't know why they put it in there, but I guess that's what my taxes pay for. So Right. You're not gonna argue. No, no, I mean I got the socialized medicine, right? So I don't have a right yeah. to bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Who could want a better? Who could want a better? Socialized medicine and a nuclear That's... intercontinental ballistic missile, like yep. twenty meters directly under my ass at all times. All right, I got to be pretty honest with you. Uh huh. Um, we maybe have the the big surprise that it was Magneto in the second second act, second second third of this thing. Uh, we have a little bit of an intro. Uh huh. We are are now approximately like sixty percent through this podcast. We gotta wrap this baby up. We gotta pick up our pace here. We're that five minute treadmill. Joe Fontina, the corpse with a pitchfork belt, still stuck in his head on Not the conveyor belt, belt heading up to belt. confront Ian McKellen, yep. who not only orchestrated his demise, but yep. has been directly responsible. For the annexation of uh, of Texas, uh, and the wisdom of John Goodman still ringing in his ears that mm-hmm. sometimes you need to you know see things that you wouldn't normally see. You gotta uh-huh. yeah have another perspective. Okay, so so that sort of resonates with him. It's resonating, literally resonating in the pitchfork, like it's vibrating a little bit. You must have spoken pretty loud, huh? Well, I mean, it's John Goodman. He has a forceful yeah. cinematic presence. But this is future John Goodman, and he, like... Well, he's got the socialized medicine. They they amped him up. Yeah. They, do you know how many extra vocal cords you can get with socialized medicine? Sky's the he limit. Just, he just put 20 of them in there. However many your His... neck will support. And he has the meatiest neck in showbiz... He and could, he expanded it. Oh yeah, like a bullfrog. Yeah, no, it's it's like uh, he's got a neck the width of like a trash can. Motherfucker could headbutt the sun. Uh huh. So I feel like we're a little off the grid still. Uh-huh. Uh he, he we've got a motivation mm-hmm. for uh Joe Fontina. He has to avenge his own death. Uh. He, yeah. he is completely dead, but nevertheless, he has... Okay, we got any, we got any other characters to bring into this bad boy? Absolutely not. That's it, huh? We are failing the Bechdel test pretty hard, gotta tell you. 
Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe cut away for like an interstitial between the chapters to like uh-huh. Mary and Beth, who are behind the barn, and they're like secretly smoking marijuana and talking about how marijuana is so great. And they're glad it's super super legal in Canada. Well, I mean, it is super legal in Texas, Canada, but they are uh, not hiding because it's illegal. They're hiding because they fear their father. Wait, shit, no, their mother would be upset if they saw them smoking weed because they're both pregnant with <laughs> girl fetuses. Girls only girls. Only girls. And then we cut back to the action. Our hero, Joe Joe Fontina. Wait, 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 wait. Let's actually just quickly let's have that be the opening scene and like just like win that Bechtel test right from scene one. So scene one the prologue actually even. is that they're they're like smoking the Mary weed. Mary and Beth are like, hey, let's do you want to smoke some weed? I would love eh? to smoke socialist weed here in Annex, Texas, Canada. I'm so glad we're Canadian and Texan. That's the best of both worlds. Yeah. I just so wish we... that, you know, my mother would accept me smoking weed while pregnant with my girl baby. What? So what, what are you going to name your girl? Uh, Joe Fontina. Wow, that's strange name. Uh... Well, it's hyphenated. <laughs> so, like... Joe Fatina Ann. You <laughs> want Joe, just J-O, no E on the end. Fontina Ann. Alright. And then whatever their last name is, and we can we can pen they hi- later. They they high five and despite <laughs> they talking high about five. And I don't uh, know what it is, but there's there's honestly something funny about just a pre- two pregnant women high fiving. Like I don't care about the context. Like, I, yeah. I, I realize that there's no reason for that to be incongruous, but it's still funny to me, the mental image of two pregnant women high-fiving for any reason, and I don't know why that would be. It's not actually a funny thing. Mm-hmm. So, they they high-five. We passed that Bechtel test. Passed it. it in comes, uh, very coincidentally, uh, Joe Fontina says, I am an American, impaled by a pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Canadian Magneto Ian McKellen is like, whoops, and he prances off. Uh, John Goodman comes comes in. in. Oh, I didn't see you there, partner. Didn't see you there. Just here to get some hay. I guess you you always have to keep your eyes open, see things from a different perspective. And then, well, got my hay, I'm out. Turns, bumps, Joe Fontina's corpse on the conveyor belt. And we're now moving in towards our climax. All right, so Joe Fontina. Yes. Not using anything supernatural. He is dead gotta make as this, fuck. Gotta make this realistic and, and, and you know. It's been so uh, realistic so far. I want to keep that realism. Yeah, we've got to keep that going. So how does an actually dead person have motivation? How do we do this? Well, he has motion. Yeah, but... Okay, so do you think that this is like an alignment of uh of like his core being like his, like on a, on a quantum scale he just like ha- coincidentally all of that motion happens with one purpose. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. One hundred percent. Exactly the thing that you said. So that's not spiritual. That's just like his atoms. Well, whatever. I mean, that's that's basic physics, right? I mean, F equals right. ma about... force equals motivation times action. We're just talking about the natural world. Yeah. That's all we're talking about. That's okay. So for every action, there is an equal and opposite motivation. Okay, we need to we need to get into this next rising action here. Yes. In the best way that we can take a take a, a lesson, a little nod mm-hmm. from other great novels. So, what what else? What are some other examples of that? So we can just sort of yeah, slightly rip off that. Uh, idea. well, uh, white whale. White whale. Oh, yeah. That that's a big one. Well, they usually whales are, and um, yeah, okay, they are so the of course white- native to Texas. You said no other characters, but White Whale doesn't need to be a character. Not a speaking yeah. human kind of character. Yeah, yeah. That could be like the it's sort of well, like a guy. It's, it's a man versus nature kind of thing, right? I mean, that doesn't qualify as a character per se, uh, although he uh, he is named Moby Dick. Okay, Moby Dick. He, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and solve a problem. For us, okay, uh-huh. we we were in like scenic countryside, uh, Texas. There was a barn. Uh-huh. Guess what? Other side of that barn, where that where that conveyor belt is now going going off. Where to. it's headed? Yeah, big old lake. Lake with yeah. Moby Dick and White Whale hanging yeah. out in that lake. He's fine. He's chilling. Pl- just just deep enough for him to be like, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm glad I came here. It's good. I got to socialize medicine. I. Yeah. Not that he is All of thinking the co- that because that would be a character's thoughts. He is not absolutely not thinking that. He is a force right. of nature, but he still benefits from the socialized mess. Yeah, he benefits. If he was more aware, he would yes. be grateful. But um, but this is here. Here he is. Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of the issues that happened in Moby Dick probably could have been solved if he could just kind of stay in place, mm-hmm. have medicine. Yeah, now that would have been uh, much easier for everyone concerned, I think, if he was in, like, a little lake there. So anyway, along comes Joe Fontina, dead as a fucking doornail, pitchfork in the brain, and he's coming along the conveyor belt, coming towards the lake where Moby Dick is. And fortunately, like, this conveyor belt from the barn to the lake is there because Moby Dick has been eating bales of hay. Because that's what whales eat. And along comes corpse instead of bale of hay. Mm -hmm. And Moby Dick, anticipating one of those tasty, tasty cubes, opens Mm -hmm. up his giant mouth. Uh And in Joe Fontina spills into the mouth. And you're thinking, oh, is this it for our protagonist? Right, right. But it's Mm -hmm. not. Because okay. yeah. uh, Moby Dick is like, what? Human flesh? I can't eat this. And spits Joe Fontina. Joe Fontina now sailing through the air back whence he came. Right. Right. Tumbling end over end through the air. And he's like paraboling. There's an arc. He's about to come down on Ian McKellen. Right. To uh, 
visit karmic justice upon him and impale him with the very same pitchfork that he himself was impaled upon. My God. It's cyclical. Yes, and in that moment, though, in that moment, the words of John Goodman resonate through Joe Fontina's dead-as-fuck skull. I think this is... This is just too good. Right? And he, he, he remembers, or he doesn't remember, but the, the vibration is still there uh, yeah. in his inanimate, dead-as-fuck brain, uh, right. that sometimes you have to look at things from a different perspective. Which, which he can't really do. He cannot do at all, yes. But, so how does this affect him? But the, that vibration in the pitchfork, uh, uh-huh. a passing airplane they they pick up that vibration they're like that's the signal we need to turn this airplane upside down (laughs) directly into magneto (laughs) directly into magneto so we can see what we've been missing this whole time (laughs) and magneto is there and he's like I sure am glad I'm Magneto. I'm Ian McKellen, I, and I'm a Canadian, and we have... Man it, man, it felt good to kill that guy. <laughs> it felt super good to kill that traitor who still thought he was an American, and he's not. Uh, I'm glad we'll never see him again. And then, what? what's that in the sky? And Joe Fontina comes tumbling in over end, and Magneto takes one nonchalant step to the left. Joe Fontina splat right next to him, and he's like, huh? That's weird. I guess the whale didn't uh, didn't like him so much. Well, good thing I saw him coming and took a step to the left, and then airplane. Oh no, airplane! Uh-huh. And so, Magneto yeah, okay, wait, dead wait, 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 wait. as fuck in the wreckage. Joe Fontina dead next to him, but not a scratch on him aside from the pitchfork in his brain. Right, just that one little detail. One little detail, right? And that's like in in that final moment, like uh, like Barris little rigor mortis muscle twitch and like the faint smile and the thumbs. There up. it is. There it is. Now, okay. So there's a there's a moment right before, right before Ian McKellen gets struck, uh-huh. where he just realizes that the plane is about to about to hit him, uh-huh. and he. Has like this this realization. He has only a, a second left to utter one word. Like I could use my metal powers to stop this airplane from killing me instantaneously, but it just instead, got a little too close. In, it just got a little too close. Instead, he didn't have the time. I'm gonna say. And then, and then, what does he say? I hope Joe Fontina and has a nice life. And then that wish again resonates much like the words of John Goodman resonates through the invisible trail of weed smoke back to the pregnant women and resonates all the way down to the uterus and fetus Joe Fontina Ann uh, is blessed by the just the the final benedictions of the last man on earth, and 
she uh, will I, lead the women who will inherit the earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For like I, I, the one generation, and then I mean, we're pretty much screwed after that for obvious reasons. I've got, I, I've got one uh, little adjustment. Okay. Just sort of, sort of a rewrite of that last little bit. Uh, my, absolutely, absolutely. Rewrite okay. my masterpiece. Draw okay, a mustache so, on the Mona Lisa. Why don't you? So that res like that going through the air. Uh-huh. That I, I wish Joe Fontina and. Would have had would have a nice life, mm-hmm. was it? Well, uh, like a like a good like she would be a, good, a leader, a good life, a good life, yeah. perhaps not a comfortable life. <laughs> Spoken with sincerity, but it it's is flo- a good it's, life. It's floating through the air. Here's my my rewrite. Mm-hmm. Um, that is implied. And okay, implied. I like it. I like it. It's implied. up to the reader to interpret that. Yeah, but it is yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely there. Yes, but. That rigor mortis smile on Joe Fantina, Joe Fantina, not Anne. Right. Dead beside him. Dead that rigor mortis him. smile yeah. happens. Okay. Yeah. At the exact, the exact same moment. Mm-hmm. He says the thing. Mm-hmm. The smile happens. Mm-hmm. And then. Finn. The French makes it classy. Yeah. Finn. Just, uh, en- just end it there. Hang on, Finn, and then can we pan back around to Moby Dick and like close up on his fin but then underneath like subtitle like no not that kind of fin <laughs> i didn't think it could get any better but you took it you took it to it's that great end zone. That this is a thing you can do in a book i know isn't it ah uh, just <laughs> wonderful technology they have these days with books yeah the the, the word play yeah just really gets playful yes it does so okay I think that's. I think. I think we're. I think we're good. How how long uh, are we on this podcast so far? Oh, it's done. It's done. We're done. It's done. So let's let's give this one a title. Okay. Ready to print. Okay, so we need what, a t- what, we need a title. Yeah. Moby Dick on, Two. Oh, ooh, that's pretty good. I got I got another one for you. Okay. Fontina. The the cheese. Fontina colon the cheese. Fontina colon the cheese. And the, the cheese in quotes. Like who moved my cheese? Well, we know who moved you, the cheese is John Goodman. He bumped it on a conveyor belt. Yeah. Okay. We're done. We're done. I, there's no there's no improving that just flesh it out a little bit uh slap a cover on it and uh we're we're ready to be published yeah amazon so hey pub- publishers Kindle. in our in our audience come at us yeah make us an offer yeah no come come on give us money all right well that should do it for this episode of hey i've got an idea mm-hmm. uh there is just one more piece of the puzzle left we got to pitch what we're going to do the next podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I was the one who suggested the great Canadian novel, which clearly we've yep. written, uh, yep. I think it's your turn, Luke, less Shane Williams. You got to choose what our next podcast is going to be about. Okay, I got it. And then you got to sign us off. Uh, I will. You got to do our sign off after immediately after you say the thing. Okay. Okay. So, 
So next week. Yes. Next episode. Yes. We are going to design the best restaurant. Restaurant. There it is. So, thanks for listening to Hey, I've Got an Idea. Mm-hmm. I've been Luke Lesshamed Williams. This is my brother, Jason Tailsnake Williams. And I'll catch you on the flip side. It's absolutely not our sign off, but okay. We did it. Yay! We did we did it perfectly. We did it perfectly. Good job. In tandem, brother Unity Unity Best Best Podcast. Best one. Best one forever. Go, bye guys. Goodbye. Guys and guys and gals yeah. and everyone Done. everyone else. All right. Bye. Bye. Yep. Hey Mason. Hey Luke. Do you like headphones? Golly, I love headphones. <laughs> that's funny because that's not what you said last week. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it, I, I, I've come around. I've turned around on them. Would you? Uh, now I just, I love headphones. They get me sexually excited. Uh, okay. The Bluetooth Bluetooth headphones. How about them? You like them? They're the sexiest. So I bet our listeners also like them. They can win if some perverts like me. They sure do. They can win some free ones. Isn't that cool? Oh, yes. They are oaky black sport headphones. Uh, they are cool. They they bend. They like fold up. Uh, I was legitimately just gonna buy them for me, and then it, I I didn't need them anymore. So now oh they're God, f- that's sexy. now that now they're for you. If yes. you if you want, here's how you do they're it. Warm and willing, and just so flexible. They go right in your ears. Just go to HI. They don't. They're not in ear headphones though. <laughs> but you can if you. Everything fits in your ear if you try. I enough. really wouldn't try it with these ones. But H I G A I Show dot com slash contest. One more time. That is H I G A I Show dot com slash contest. You. You have until April twentieth. Do not. Do not wait. Check it out. Win some headphones. Why not? Hey, hey, you know what's great about April 20th? What's that? I did not realize that until just now. I, I believe it's also Hitler's birthday. Thanks for listening and catch you next week.